Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to Rabbit Hole Reflections with Lisa James. Before I introduce my two very wonderful guests to you today, I need to explain something really quickly. So I am actually driving. Trust me, I'm hands-free. I'm being very safe. I'm taking my fiancé to the airport. He is on his way to Florida to be with our nephew, who is 16 years old, who has recently been diagnosed with cancer and will be undergoing surgery to remove the mass. And then he will also have to undergo chemo because they discovered that the cancer has actually spread into a couple of his lymph nodes. So my show today, I know it's going to touch a lot of people, but I have two very special guests with me today, Kelly Fitzgerald and Jody Dottie. They are both survivors of cancer, and they are now living a full, thriving life, and we're going to talk to them about their journey through their rabbit hole of cancer, how they came through it, through the chaos, and how their life has forever changed and has actually gotten better and for them uh, during this entire process. So please join me in welcoming Kelly and Jody. Good morning, ladies. Thank you so much for being here. Morning, Lisa. Kelly, are you calling? Okay. Okay. We'll start with you, Jody. Yeah, it sounds like it. So hi. Hi. Good morning. Thank you. I know you're driving on your way to whale watching, and that is an amazing, amazing experience. Um, So thank you for joining me, even though you're on your way to such an amazing excursion. Can you give us a little bit of background um, with you know your journey with cancer and? Sure. Um, I actually had two types of cancer. I had skin cancer, and I think it's because I grew up in Hawaii and in the, in, uh, the Midwest, and I burned a lot as a kid. And so I, I have had 14 surgeries on my, on my face, mostly the left side. Um, back in those days, we didn't really, it was healthy. If you had a tan, it was considered healthy. You looked good, whatever. And it was even during those days, and I, I remember uh, where we would lay out. I laid out on my friend Sally Brown's buffalo farm on her roof. She put baby oil on. I didn't because I fr- – anyway, we burned. And so I got um, skin cancer. I think I started – the first time I had um, an issue of, on my face was, I think, right after my um, second child was born. So I was in my 20s, early 20s, and I've had – you know, multiple, multiple um, experiences with the skin cancer. I was very lucky because it was basal cell, which is probably, if you're going to get the skin cancer, that's probably the best kind to get, if there is such a thing as a best kind, because it's very easily treated. However, it also, for me, I had a third recurrence. You never know when it's going to come, you know. And so I had a third recurrence of it where I, that was really pretty, um, um, and I wound up having to have my whole face. My I lost my left eyebrow because the cancer was so big, the tumor. And so that was pretty difficult. I had a hard time because it's your face, for one, and that's, you know, there's something psychological about about that, you know, dealing with cancer of the face because, you know, that's what you show the world. But where it is, I have my bangs covered. But, you know, I was just really thankful, especially the third time that they were able to just get it all. So that was my big focus, although, of course, you deal with uh, the um, aesthetic aspects of it or the beauty aspects of it because we're such we're so focused on that. And in a lot of ways, that because I'm a, a soul reader, a psychic, I look at the energy, not just the skin or whatever, that actually really helped me to redefine beauty, to redefine what is important, to look beyond the surface to, you know, what makes you who you are, and it's not just your face or your body or what, you know, even what you do. So, so that was the first, the first cancer, and and again, 14 surgeries later, and I, I'm so far right, knock on wood, and I'm wearing my sunscreen big time when I'm out whale watching, 
my second one was uh, breast cancer, and um, I just had the sense something was wrong um, and went in for a mammogram. I was a little bit late with my mammogram, but not too bad. I was probably about four months later, and um, I, they discovered I had breast cancer. It was very early, and so I often tell people, get your, get your mammogram, go in. And I did not have a lump. I also tell people that. I, I mean, I did not have anything visible, but I used my intuition, said something's a mess. And anyway, so I wound up having radiation, and I had internal radiation, which is called SAVI, where they actually put, put um, looks like a little umbrella that opens up, and then you have all these tubes hanging from you like Frankenstein, where they plug in the radiation. It was quite, a, quite an experience. But what I learned... From that, what I've also learned through my meditation and my spiritual sense is that with breast cancer, it's really about letting yourself receive. I'm a huge healer, and I had done, I had overgiven. I also had been working in a, um, a, a job that was unbearable for the last two years of it. Um, I was in, I just really hated it. So every day I go to work and I hate this. And I really think that that anger, I really believe the anger um, helped to create or at least exacerbated my breast cancer. So, um, so I wound up having my treatment, which was very intensive, but I learned that it's all about letting other people help you. I mean, to, for me it was even to the extent where it was hanging that, you know, where they had to plug me in. You might, it was interesting because they had a little technician that came on because one of the, one of the uh, seeds, one of the things didn't work, so they came in with their little pliers and, you know, it was really quite an interesting experience. Um, but, I ha- but I really did have to let people drive me. Uh, and, you know, how I got through it, I was very grateful for the help, for the medical help. But I also reached out and did um, a lot of alternative healing. And I really, the main thing with the cancer for me was day by day, take each day. Because, of course, some, some days were really, really, really tough and other days were not so much. So, I, you know, whatever you can do to cope, um, I had a really funky sense of humor. I did with the skin cancer. I took pictures of my face every day, and it's like, you know, you should have seen the other guy because I literally the first first day of that really nasty surgery, I looked like a poster child for domestic violence. I think I I just my face was swollen. I was beat up. I was like, you should have seen the other guy. But um, so humor really got me through it. But it was mostly day to day, you know. Um, Take the day, let people help you. This is your opportunity to really pay attention to your body, and that's the problem. A lot of times we just don't. We just go, I'll just work through it. Um, and and definitely um, pay attention to your body, your, you know, get your mammogram. Don't be afraid. I always do a post about to women about getting their mammogram, and I have lost a couple really dear friends um, because, one, was working uh, for herself, and she didn't think she could afford to get a mammogram. And she wound up getting, had a lump, she waited, and, you know. So she couldn't afford the mammogram, but then she had to pay for a mastectomy. She had to pay for a lot of, you know, other things um, at the point where by the time she got it checked, she was almost um, end stage with it. And so there really wasn't much that they could do. And so, and she knew, and she just, it was, it just saddens me. So your health is paramount. That's the number one thing. Take care of your health. Pay attention. Get the help. There's always resources, and, you know, out there. The other one, let me see, what was it that happened with the other friend of mine? Um, Oh, the other friend of mine had a lot of vanity issues. And she really had this belief that if if she didn't have a breast, she wasn't a woman. That was her, her belief system. And so she waited and waited and, and did not want the mastectomy. And, again, um, I mean, modern medicine is so amazing. There's so much they really can do. Um, even if you're, you know, having the, 
you know, towards the end, they can prolong, they can do stuff, they, you know, um, early detection is key, but sometimes you just don't know. So it, there's different types of cancers. I know ovarian cancer is a really tough one, and, you know, so it's just get checked, listen to your intuition. If you have a sense that there's something wrong, pay attention because really no one knows your body more than you do, you know, really. Um, so intuitively, just check it out. But anyway, I know I'm being long-winded, but my, my learning was really to let myself receive, to take care of myself, to release the anger. I really had to look at my anger and go, why did I stay in this situation so long? And then forgive myself and move on from it and just be grateful for every moment, every day. That is the thing with cancer is it does give you that sense of what an amazing gift life is. And I carry that with me every single day because I can go back to, you know, when you get that diagnosis, it totally changes your life. It's like, you you know, and I had to remind myself every day I'm the same person I was yesterday. I'm just dealing with, you know, um, this is this is not who I am. It's something I'm dealing with, something I'm working through. Don't Thank you think you that made all the difference? No, no, really, Jody. Don't you think that made all the difference that you made that distinction between you were still the same person and you were not cancer? You know, it was exactly. just something you were going through. Absolutely, absolutely. I, what was it they said? I was cancering. I was going. Yeah, it was something I was going through. Something I was working through. And I actually used a lot of visualization. To, and I know they have CDs now and or, you know, music. They have things that, with chemo that, well, you can listen to. So it's really even proactive. So you can make that, here's my healing project, and that's what I did. This is my healing project that I'm working on for, uh, that I've created to heal myself. And, yeah, it made all the difference because I did not identify myself as, you know, even when I was done with it. And I had a hard time with pink. Pink is not my color. I don't know. I do not like pink. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, these are people that are they're giving me all this pink stuff, and I'm like, oh my gosh. But um, but they were supportive, and that's what really. I, it's like they are caring. Let other people care for you, and this is the way. You know, my brother could hardly talk to me. Everybody deals with it. Even I mean, the family because it affects everyone, not just the person going through it. But you got to let people. Um, you know, let yourself receive and really appreciate that. But, yeah, I agree, Kelly. It's not that I identified as this is who I am. I am a cancer. It's like this is me. I'm still me. I'm the same me I was yesterday before I was told I had cancer. And I'm just going to deal with this moment, this day, the best I can, just like a lot of people do with a lot of, you know, whatever you're going through. Everybody has something right. they're going through. Right. What kind of um – Alternative techniques did you use? Uh, um, you you mentioned al alternative I, therapies. Yeah, I definitely did visualization, which I do anyway for myself. But I also had um, some Reiki that was very helpful for me, um, hands-on Reiki. And I had it when I got my diagnosis. I had it, um, and then I had it afterwards. And, and afterwards was because I felt I was still carrying a lot of energy from the hospital. I wanted to let go of, when I first went, I wanted to let go of fear because immediately when you get that diagnosis, your body goes into fear. Um, and then, and so it was a help to have someone lay their hands and just, you know, because Reiki is all about releasing, you know, letting go of memory, releasing, healing, concentrated, um, divine, you know, help. And so I got that, and after I was done, it was, um, you know, the same kind of thing where I ha where it was releasing the hospital energy, filling in with my own energy. I also was very lucky to have an artist friend that drove me uh, to and from my treatments, and she made this beautiful angel doll for me. Um, bless her heart, and it had a glob of something on the on the breast that represented my cancer. So it was all um, symbolic, and it had this beautiful netting around it. And so what I would do would be I would sit with my angel. That actually also represented me. 
and I would put this net around both of us, and I would ask for healing assistance, um, you know, during my treatment and, and, you know, just to remind me of um, the beautiful gifts that my life is and, and to be in, very present with my life. And so that was very healing, too. And then, but when I finished my treatment, I cut that glob off and, you know, took away the net. And it was, it just was, for me, it made it even more real for my body. It was just very symbolic. So I considered that part of my treatment and just really letting, it was amazing how many angels on earth, how many people would come and offer to help you when you're in, when you're, you know, and Normally, I'm the type of person, I was the type of person, I'd say, no, no, I got this, or I can do this, or I don't need any help, and no, that was the whole lesson, no, I can't, I need, it takes a village, and I had a village, I think I had 10 people on my um, team working with me, Um, technicians, physicists, uh, you know, physicians, oncologists, radiologists, I mean, it just was amazing, and they're such caring people, and just to let myself receive. It's like this is a hard way to do it, but I'm supposed to learn from this. Right, right. You know, everybody's cancer story is different. And while yours has many similarities with mine, there are some differences too because I was at a point, I was 27, and I was pregnant. And oh I was having a horrible, horrible miscarriage. And literally my insides were being ripped. And they took me into emergency surgery and found a cancerous mass in uh, around one ovary. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I was not concerned with that mass. I was concerned with trying to carry this child which, of course, ultimately didn't happen anyway. But um, at that point, the guy in my life, that baby's father, was so, I'm going to lose her, I'm going to lose her, I'm going to lose her, that we ended up breaking up. So while you had a whole team of people around you, I didn't have anybody. Uh You know, it it was kind of, um, it was a situation where strangers were kinder to me. And I was so horrified at what I'd gone through. I didn't even say the word cancer for eight years. Wow. People closest to me didn't know what I had gone through for eight years. Right. And, wow. and that was because people that had been closest to me, the people I thought I could really count on, abandoned me. Yeah. You know, so I had a I had a lot of that going on, but I had a really yeah. wonderful nurse who yeah. had a friend who was a Buddhist monk, and she had another friend that was an Ayurvedic physician, and they took me to a literally it was a monastery I think, <laughs> and oh, they wow. worked with me after my surgery, and through that. I learned that, you know, strangers aren't really strangers. Yeah. They're just friends you haven't met. And I grew up in, a, in an area where you just didn't tell people your problems. That, that was just something you kept right. inside. And, and so that was a really eye-opening experience for me that, um, you know, here were these strangers who were so welcoming and so comfortable. I was so comfortable with them. And they really got me through everything. Um, I had, sure because, <laughs> either fortunately or unfortunately, the, the miscarriage and the gelatinous mass that had surrounded the tumor meant when everything, when the surgery was done, I had nothing left. So I was very fortunate in that I didn't have to go through chemo. I didn't have to go through radiation because it was all right. at one time. Um, you know, and part of, part of the things that I went through was prior to that, I had actually been a swimsuit model. Oh, wow. And here I had a giant, I, I, you could play tic-tac-toe on my stomach (laughs) because of the, the surgeries. And that was my challenge was I was more than my body. Right. And it, and it, 
that beauty is really only skin deep, you know, in, in, or it isn't only exactly. skin deep. It goes much deeper. And because of the way I had been raised, I, I was raised with a very superficial bunch of people who it was all about how you yeah. looked and you never had any problems and you never told anyone. So I think, you know, every cancer story is very, very, very different, and there's a different lesson for everyone that goes through it. But I think the right. key is to not accept that cancer as part of your body. Yes. You know, that's, that don't identify with that. You know, when, when someone would, when I went to the, the doctor for the follow-up after my surgery and they called me a cancer patient, I said, no, I'm not. My body had something that was foreign and that was cancer. Right. I am not that. Yeah. And I, I, through the years with doing a lot of volunteer work with the American Cancer Society and other organizations, I have found that, that people, particularly women, who stand so strong with their conviction that they are not their disease, they fare much better. An interesting thing on men with cancer is they have a harder time getting in touch with those fears. They have a more difficult time expressing the emotions that they're going through. And I, I think sometimes it, it's more difficult for men to really come from that place of this is just something I'm going through. This is not me. Um, it's just an observation you know, I do. It's, it's interesting you say that because I remember when I went for the radiation, we had, there were two waiting rooms and there was a waiting room with the women and there was a waiting room with the men and the men totally silent sitting there, each yep. in their, you know, and the women are all talking, well, yeah, I lost my hair here, but this is what I'm doing, and, you know, this is my, the women are all talking it out, uh, and cr some are crying, and they're supporting each other, and the men were totally silent, um, you know, yep. it, it was just, just totally different ways of, of dealing with it, and I, I know some of them are much more, they, they so identified much more with their physical body, maybe not more, but in a different way, that it was um, really almost like a betrayal for them of their body. And, and I, think it, I think it is harder for men to talk about it. I think that's one of the, um, in, in Tucson anyway, the, the cancer hospital in uh, Tucson and the one in Phoenix as well, what they do now is they have incorporated more physical kind of things for particularly boys, but I'm sure men use those too, where they have a ball. I, I saw when I have a, a friend whose um, seven-year-old grandson is, is uh, going through uh, brain cancer, and they have yeah. a ball that is um, red and black, and it has a face on it, and it's, it's kind of wrinkly. It's a wrinkly ball, and that represents the cancer. And what they do is they have these kids squeeze that ball as hard as they can and throw it on the floor and step on it or throw it across the floor, whatever it is. <laughs> and that's their way of getting in touch with you're beating this. And I thought, what a fabulous yes. idea, you know. So, um, but every, every story is different. You know, I, I went through a lot of holistic treatments and, you know, I, I was doing things like turmeric and ginger before anyone, you know, recently that's all you hear about is right. how they, Oh, they, you, know, you know, now that you mention it, I, I did that as well. There was a, um, a kind of a cancer, I can't remember the name of it, but there was a woman in, cancer, or in, in Canada that created uh, a, some kind of, uh, a, and it probably did have turmeric and other things in it. I don't remember yep. now, but, but I did that as well. And prayer, yeah. and put myself on yeah. all the prayer a, a lot of I just yeah. really put, put myself out there and said, okay, I'm, I'm open for healing and yeah. receptive. And that's, that, was, that was a huge thing, too, for me, was, was prayer. You know, there were times where I would be on a, a Reiki treatment table. And actually, that is when, that is the point in my life where I started studying Reiki and became a Reiki practitioner was a result of my first cancer experience because they would have me on a Reiki treatment table and I would have two Reiki practitioners working on me at the same time. 
And there uh-huh. were times where I was convinced I was floating off of that table because of the energy. <laughs> but it yeah. was about accepting that love, accepting that help, like you said before. That is so crucial. And men especially, boys, it, you know, male people, um, really need to be encouraged to talk about how they feel because that's really important to talk through it. You go through so much internally, you know, from one moment to yes. the next. I was angry. I was scared. I was, you know, it was, Every emotion. I was happy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's almost like a grief cycle because you're grieving that health. You're grieving that, wow, so many people take their health and their body for granted and don't take care of it, and here am I. And, you know, you, you do that. Right. You, you do a why me, and then you do a no, I can beat this, and you're all over the map. <laughs> yeah, and the other thing is, too, it's like, okay, you know, there's these things that they say you should do to not get breast cancer. And I did all those things, so why right. Why did I get this, you know? Because right. I breastfed my kids, that they say, all those things. And it's like, you know what? It doesn't matter why. It's the fact that I have it and I just have to deal with it. This is my opportunity. I just looked at it as a huge healing project that um, God had presented that I created for myself. And I just went with it. It's like, okay, this is all about me now. Right. And that's a tough one for a lot of people too, isn't it? That it's it's about me now. It it's is. about me healing. It's about me me receiving. It's it's a really tough one. Um, it, it was really especially tough for when me you're so because, independent, <laughs> independent, yeah. doing it all yourself. Or if you're exactly. not one used to reaching out to other people. I was lucky that I had. I just seemed to be, you know, when I put that out there, I'm asking for help. It seemed like I was directed just to the right people at the right time. Yep. I had a nurse that was named Jody, ironically, who <laughs> sat with me and held held my hand during my biopsy, and that was such a gift. And she didn't even know me, but there's so many compassionate, like they, you know, in the medical practitioners, they were fabulous. And if you wanted yeah. to just sit and cry, you know, which often you do, you have to have a release. The other thing I did was get. Um, a grief massage, what I call a grief massage. Yes. Where I went in a room and it was dark and I just, she wrapped me in warm blankets and massaged me and I just cried. And wow, that was some of the best, you know, because you can't cry around your family sometimes. Right, right. And you know, I, I would look around when I was in the hospital and I would see women who had gone through so much more than I had. And I felt like I didn't have permission to be upset over what I had gone through because here were these people who had gone through so much more. Right. And it wasn't until a nurse, one of the nurses, actually mentioned what I was feeling to one of the other women and I will never forget it. She came up to me and, and um, she had gone through multiple surgeries and, and chemo multiple times. And, and she came up to me and she says, oh, you know, I, I know that, that you think you haven't gone through well, enough, but I can't imagine what it would be like to lose a child. And that right. broke me. You know, that was just, you know, that was it. But um, oh, one yeah. of the doctors said something that I was, my whole focus was losing that child. And the doctor told me that baby saved your life. Something about yeah. the pregnancy hormones created that shield around that tumor and didn't allow it to grow. Wow. So, you know, that was, that was, I was very, very lucky. But the, I, I had wonderful, wonderful nurses. They were absolutely fabulous. And, you know, I, I just, I, what, a, what a selfless, loving person that it must take to become a nurse. I, I have friends who are nurses, oh. and they are just some of the most wonderful people on the planet. They, they really are earth angels, every one of them. They they really are. I mean, I and and I found I'm still friends with Jody, the Jody that was 
was with me during during the whole process. I mean, really, the, especially um, the uh, beginning with the biopsies, and even that's not a fun thing. But um, no, you know. But, <laughs> but I kept her as she's you know even encouraging now. And she went she actually ironically went through um, her her own kind of. Uh, a cancer bout was a different kind of cancer, but, and I felt like that I could help, you know, help her in a small way. It wasn't like what she did for me really, but you know, it's just people being there for you. And, and sometimes it's hard with family. Sometimes I mean, like you say, my, my brother, you know, had a really hard time just, just talking to me about it. So he just didn't talk and I knew he cared, but again, and maybe being male, but that was just, so you're, you're not only dealing with your fear and, and your, um, you know, your life changes and all the emotions, but you're also dealing with those around you dealing with you. And, you know, I, I often tell the artist was friend of mine was phenomenal because she would, she would laugh. She would joke. She knew when I was tired and she just really put herself out there to, you know, <laughs> I have such humor and a sick humor, really. But she was really helpful um, because she would uh, kind of tune into what I needed. And, and she really was like family at that point. Like you said, they were, they were kind of the ones that reached out. You know, so many people that I've met through the years um, with have different cancer stories there's always one turning point that, or there seems to be always one turning point where there's one day, one moment, one second sometimes where it occurs to you that it's all going to be fine. And Uh you kind of get over the hill and you know that it's going to be all right. And, and, you know, this is, it's mostly behind you. Did you have that moment? And what was it? Yeah. You know, I, I, had a, I had a couple of those, but I know one of them that was a very scary thing for me during the, the savvy treatment because it basically is like having an umbrella that's shut, put in you, and then they crank it right. to open up <laughs> for the space. And they had trouble with that. And I had that day of um, we don't know what's going to happen. Either this is going to crank and it will be perfect and we'll be able to do this, or it's going to fall apart, it's going to close down, and then we can't, and then we'll have to do. And I, was, I had that kind of radiation because of my skin issue. I, I, you know, they didn't want to have me burn even worse. But right. when they cranked it, when they cranked it and, it, and it opened up and it stayed, I was like, oh, that was when I went, okay, I just know this is going to be okay. And, and the other was just a prayerful time right towards the end. And I just felt... Angel, I just felt so much um, support, and I just totally, in some ways, just gave it over to God. Pretty much, I just felt like I just yeah. released. Okay, I know I'm. I know there's a reason I'm here. I know there was a reason, and, and I was fortunate they found it early. But, uh, um, and that was my my moment. I just smiled, and and uh, and it's like, oh, you know, I can if I can deal with this, I can deal with anything anything and and I am and it's really a voice about that moment yeah it, it's yeah I I had I had something very similar actually it was the the doctor who told me that you know I, I know you're you're mourning this child but that child saved your life and when I went into the the, the monastery they were saying, they, and they told me, and that really opened me up spiritually more. I, I'd always been a really spiritual person, but that event mm-hmm. really opened me up more because I was told that that being, that little being's entire purpose was to save my life. And right. I realized if that were true, then there was a bigger purpose for me and I needed to survive, and I needed to thrive, and I needed to move forward and do, you know, what what I was supposed to do. So, yeah, I think we all have those defining moments um, when you're – even if it's not a cancer situation, you know, we all have those defining moments that we can look back on and say, wow, that was, that was really profound. That was, that, you know, that was that really amazing. That changed my life. I know. I know. Yeah. One of mine was my my treatment was well. I had my first. I had to go through a 
twice because they didn't get it all the first time. And that was probably one of my lowest moments was finding out, oh, no, we didn't get it all. Because you think you're through over the kind of the hump of the right. surgery and now we have to do another one. And it was right before Christmas. And my last cancer treatment was the day before Christmas Eve. And I remember I, I bought myself a, um, a, an ornament and it was an angel and it said gratitude. And I had finished my treatment and I was just, I was wiped out and tired, but I was so grateful for surviving the experience, for all the lessons I learned in the experience. And every Christmas when I put that ornament on my tree, it just reminds me of that moment of what a gift and how grateful I am to be here, just to be here every day. Now, you had a couple of incidents of cancer, and I did as well. My um, the second bout was 12 years almost to the day <laughs> that wow. that I went through my first one. And um, I had a, a kidney that was acting funny, and I knew it was acting funny. And uh, by the time I, I was, I had a an HMO in California that literally tortured me for two years. So by the time I moved to Arizona, I was pretty critical. And I ended up in the emergency room. That seems to be how I deal with these things. <laughs> I end up yeah. in the emergency room. And, and the doctor who walked in took one look at me and said, I know what that is. We've got to get this out now and prepped me for emergency surgery. And I didn't wow. know who this doctor was. I had been in the emergency room. And it turns out she was one of the top um, urologists in the country. And she wow. happened to be in the emergency room. She wasn't even supposed to be there. She just was there. <laughs> and uh, I, I ended up with a 44-pound kidney. Wow. And the, the, um, the tumor was encased completely within the kidney. So I was lucky again. And I didn't have to have any further treatment. But um, when she, after the surgery, she was talking to me and she said, um, this isn't your first cancer rodeo, is it? <laughs> and I said, how can you tell? You know, and she said, well, because I've been inside your body. And I can, you know, so it was, um, it was really, you know, and once again, you know, it, it's, it was just, uh, I was very, very lucky that, and she did suggest that I might want to do, you know, uh, several rounds of uh, radiation just to be sure. And I declined it and went back to my Ayurvedic diet and, and my herbal right. food and Reiki. But, um, and I've been fine, you know, ever since. And it's been well over another 12 years. So I feel pretty safe at this point. But, you know, when oh, it yeah. happens the second time, you get angry. You, you know, you get, but I did everything that it was supposed that I was supposed to do. Right, right. And I thought it was. And I thought it was done. <laughs> I thought that right, was it. And right, I, and I made that. Right, right. So you know, I know uh, what you said earlier on in the show about anger and being frustrated and having all of that emotional turmoil and negativity in your life had an impact, and you you think that that's kind of what uh, where your cancer came from I know for a fact that is where my second one came from you know I was very I'd gone through a very very dark time in my life and I was very 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 angry all the time and Mm -hmm. I was at that point in my life I was very very you know they called me Mount St. Kelly's because (laughs) the slightest thing I was so upset all the time and so angry all the time that I would blow up over the slightest thing. And yeah. where I might blow up today, I didn't let it go. That's my, you know, okay, I'm done, you know, and I let it go and everything's fine. But back then, I would replay it over and over and over and over, and it made me sick. I, yes. I absolutely know that made me sick. So I think taking some responsibility is also key in in beating cancer or actually any other disease. A lot right. of times people don't want to think that they maybe made themselves sick. They don't want to think that they have some responsibility for their health. 
so they go into kind of victim mode and they, this is happening to me. It's happening to me. It's, and it's really, right. there's a lesson there. And if you can look for the lesson, even if you're not ready to accept responsibility that maybe you brought part of this on yourself, look for the lesson, you know, look for what you're supposed to learn. I think we lost Lisa somewhere back a a while ago. Are you still here? I have been here the whole time. We've sort of monopolized the show. Say something? No, but I was like, if I jump in, it's going to ruin it. Oh, so no, (laughs) I absolutely was no. That was great. There's one on the boat too. There are. There were times I wanted to jump in, and you know, with. Jody had mentioned huh? one of her friends had put it off for so long, just getting yep. her just her basic mammogram, and that's something that this child had done. And by the time they discovered that he had cancer, it was already a huge mass, like your kidney. Um, it was like the size of a baseball. That they're actually they said, yeah, the size of a baseball or softball. It's huge. And it's in a right. spot that would be very uncomfortable for anyone. And he waited a very long time before he brought this to anyone's attention. He, uh-huh. the, the reason that they discovered it is he couldn't take the pain anymore. And he yeah. told his parents, he finally told his mom that, you know, he was in a lot of pain and they went in and it was pretty much, no doubt at that point, but he went into the emergency room and, and was transferred right away to a, a children's hospital. And this has only happened over the last few days. So I think it was Monday, Sunday night or Monday when this happened. And so, um, you know, he's got the surgery today and whatnot, and, it, and it's because he waited. So, mm-hmm. and I wanted to bring that up because his parents feel so guilty, <laughs> so, so guilty that they didn't recognize there was something wrong and that he's been carrying this for almost a year. And now it's, you know, I think that's, that's got to be the the worst kind of guilt. Um, Really? That has got to be just horrible, horrible guilt. But you need to understand that feeling guilty about something isn't going to help it. And guilt is sort of a negative emotion. So rather than feeling guilty, I would like to see them let go of the guilt and Uh move more towards just loving, you know, their kid well. And I think there's a lot to do with loving someone well. I think that's entirely possible. But when we get stuck in that guilt thing, um, it's really yeah. It's really not a good place to come from. Right. And and it's oh, not helpful. It's not helpful to the to the patient either because then they feel some, you know, the responsibility for like I said, it's not just just you you're dealing with, you're dealing with your the reaction from your family and that's a really tough one to to bear when you're already dealing with so much, you know. Yes. Right. I think maybe, uh, because this is a kid, I think maybe we need to start having these discussions in schools because I think a lot of times kids, especially, you know, through grade school or even junior high school, they're not really comfortable in their own skin yet. They're still getting to know their body in some ways. So by the time they're teenagers – then it's like, well, I don't know. Is this normal? I'm going through puberty. Maybe this is normal. Maybe this is supposed to happen. Right. I don't know. And there's an embarrassment factor. There is. Yes. You, know, and, you know, they don't want to say, hey, here's where I have a problem. You know, it's just it's a really difficult situation. So I, I really think we need to maybe have these discussions when kids are younger so that they recognize this is normal, this is not normal. Right. I completely agree, yeah. and that's exactly why he waited as long as he did, because it was very embarrassing for him, and he wasn't sure that he needed to take the problem to his parents. And and there was the embarrassment right. factor because it's a part of his body, you know. That and and all kids, no matter 
I there's some shame or or you right. know that modesty kicks in and and it doesn't matter if it's like under your armpit it it's a like yeah I agree yeah that in yeah. that in the I, fear I know. it's like it's, how yeah. how everybody deals with it. everybody deals with it differently but some people it's like oh oh no I'll be fine it'll be okay you know I I just well. You know, or they shut down. It's like I can't deal with this, so I'm just not going to. So it's it's right, also right. recognizing if there's some some changes in in personality or changes in you know um, you get moodier that type of thing too. It's awfully hard with kids, but I agree with Kelly. It's um, education that's that's key, or just it, for girls too. You know what this is what to look for, and um, it's unusual, but you know, I agree. Well, you know it. It happens, and cancers happen to young kids. And, you know, it seems to be, I, I, I spoke, one, of the, uh, one of the guests that I had on my Inspirational People series was 19 with ovarian cancer. And, you know, Western medicine says, oh, well, this only happens to older people. And there are right. many, many, many kinds of cancers that they don't think are likely for kids to have, so they just don't ever talk about them. And even in pediatricians' offices, they just it's just not something they look for. And I think that needs to change as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, they really need to do a better job, not only of educating, but of screening. And, you know, kids mm-hmm. who are, are seeing a pediatrician, even if it's just a sports physical I think those doctors kind of have a responsibility to ask questions and educate kids who come into their offices while they're doing a sports physical. You know, if, here's, here's when you need to be concerned or here's when you need to talk to someone and, and give them some, some scenarios. Absolutely. Absolutely. And family history plays a big part of it too, you know. Um, right. Because a lot of times, although, although I also, you know, one of my friends that, that passed, there was nothing in the family. That was another thing. She's like, oh, well, we don't have this in the family. But right. anyway, okay, well, I'm about to load my boat. So it's well, been, happy uh, well watching. Thank you. Thank yeah, you so thank much you, for Lisa. joining me. Thank you. Yeah. Have fun. Thanks. Okay, thanks, Lisa. Thanks, Kelly. Bye now. Bye. Have fun. Oh, live I want to go so whale exciting, watching. I do too. <laughs> Look, there's a whale. <laughs> oh, that was such a great discussion, and what a perfect way to end the show, going whale watching. Right, That's whale awesome. watching. <laughs> well, it, it, it brings home the point that really, you know, this is just a blip. You know, this is this is not a big deal. This is something that everyone you know, that I know who have gone through it, have come through with flying colors. There's a whole big life after cancer. It does change you. You know, there's, there's a meme I've seen several times that says the person who comes out of the tunnel is not the same one that goes in. And it's very, very true because it does change you. Right. But, you know, you have to look at it as looking for the lessons. You know, and it doesn't mean they have to be a harsh lesson. You know, my lesson was that strangers aren't necessarily strangers, and it's okay to ask for help, like Jody said, and, and it's good to receive as much as you give. And, you know, those are not bad lessons. They're not even hard lessons to learn, but they are lessons, and everything we go through in our lives really does teach us something. So, well, you know, know and, and never, never. It also teaches the people around you. Like yes. in the case of the, of my nephew, his his family is getting a learning lesson as well. Right. Absolutely. And you never underestimate the power of prayer. Whatever it is that you do, you know, and prayer looks different for different people. Some people drum, you know, some people meditate some people actually get on their knees and pray and it doesn't really matter who you pray to whoever resonates with you you know but really never underestimate that because we are energy right and diseases are also energies they're negative energies 
So a lot of the time, you know, Jody mentioned visual, visualizations. And a lot of the time when I was going through all of my stuff, um, I would visualize where I had had the cancer and I would see it as black and I would in my mind turn it white and let it go or dissolve it or whatever felt right to me at that time. And seeing yourself in perfect health, living the life you've dreamt of, you know, um, having those experiences that you plan or that you want to see in your future, see yourself with putting this in the rearview mirror. See yourself as having gone through it with flying colors. That is huge. Your, your, your state of mind, your, your mindset is such a critical piece of the puzzle when it comes to any kind of disease or injury or actually in your day-to-day life. It's a very critical piece of who we are. And really, you know, your thoughts do create things which create your life. So when you're going through something that's really bad, if you keep focusing on positive things, you're going to find that you're happier. You don't have as much fear. You know, and, and especially with a young person, that fear is just going to be excruciating. So I think that's really, really helpful uh, for young people in particular. But, you know, one thing you might want to try is a squish ball. You know, those, those uh, I used to have one on my desk where it was a, a, a little guy that stood up and I would squeeze him and his eyes would pop out and, you know, uh, find something physical especially with boys, with men, find something physical that he can grab onto or throw or step on or whatever to let out some of that hostility that is feeding that fear. Um, I, I've seen that work really well with, uh, with I like boys. what Jody had said with the, the children's hospital or was the ball that was red and black with the face and they would throw it on the ground. And yeah, that, that, and yeah, that was, the, that was here. That's great. Okay. Yeah. That was yours. Yeah. That was, that's, yeah. A, I love that idea. And, and you, yeah. yeah, and you could do that in any situation, you know, with any disease right. or illness or just even your divorce or your boss, make it your, well, just don't yeah. like, actually act on your boss. But yeah. You could use that for <laughs> so many things. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it's just so important to keep a positive mindset. And one thing that people who put off treatment or put off um, going to the doctor have gone through is an incredible amount of guilt. And this young man is going to be experiencing a lot of guilt. He is going to feel guilty because his parents feel guilty. He is going to feel guilty because he shoulda, woulda, coulda. And, and that guilt is not and, going yeah, to be helpful. Yeah. Yes. You know, my fiance, so, as, as I said at the beginning of the show, I was taking him to the airport, and we talked last night, and I said, you know, I know that it, you man cry all you want. And I really hate saying the terminology man cry, but not everybody has come to terms with right. men have emotions too. I said, you know, you man cry all you right. want, but what you don't do you don't become a blubbering fool. You, your family needs you to be the strong one. They all need right. for you to be the strong one. And, you know, you, you take that, you carry it with you, you bring it home, and I will help you release whatever you, whatever you bear this time that you're there. I will help you get rid of that when you get home. But do not, you know, don't go back and be the one that, that can't handle it or, you know, is going to be the one that, that breaks down and whatnot. It's okay to cry. It's absolutely okay to cry. But that, that's one of the reasons why he wants to go is to be there for his, for his family. So, like I said, right. everyone's learning lessons. All, the whole family's learning lessons. Even I'm learning lessons. I had to let him go, you know. <laughs> the selfish <laughs> part of me didn't want him to go. And then there's the other part of me that even for me, this is my this is my nephew through marriage. Um so he's – I haven't known him his whole life. I haven't known him very long. Um, I don't even really know him at all. I think 
we've met one or two times maybe. But even for me, I feel guilty because I'm not going with the family. I'm not going to Florida and sitting there with them and, and you know, being a pillar for them and, and helping them try to process the emotions that they're going through right now. So it really does affect everybody on so many levels. It does. And the thing that you can do from where you are is sit down doesn't have to be very long do it multiple times a day do it as often as you think and when it it crosses your mind just quiet your mind put your hand on your heart or however you are comfortable with and send love to them um, one of the things that Jody does is she'll um, you know visualize heart energy and going into her hands and she'll put a situation into her hands and lift it up to the heavens and then blow it into the the universe as what she wants you know or her wishes for things to happen uh, or to have a good outcome or to shed light on things and that's a really effective tool if you if you can visualize that just you know in in my mind your heart energy is pink energy some people see it as green because the chakra has, your heart chakra is green. Um, pink energy has always seemed to me to be more of a kind, gentle, loving energy. So that's what I use. But if you visualize a pink bubble in your hand and fill it from your heart, you know, with all the love you can pour into that thing, and then put this young man in the center of that pink bubble and send him up to God, to the universe, to angels, to aliens, whoever, you know, and trust that they are caring for him and that your love is reaching him. I think that will help you and it will certainly help him as well because that is energy and he can use all the positive energy right now that he can get. Right. I agree. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I just want to throw out there show. one more time public service announcement if it feels off go get it checked do not wait yep. because waiting yep. is going to cost you more money lose the fear of money it could cost go you your life checked. It, exactly it, do it go and just get yourself checked get yourself checked if you have and, a loved one that you think is off you know something is, isn't quite right Take them to get them seen. Find somebody to and confide in. I, I, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's important is to talk it through. Find someone you can confide in. But if you find yourself in a situation where you don't have people around you that are already in your circle that are supportive, open yourself up to allowing new people who will support you to come into your life I have seen cases where, very similar to my first my first bout with with cancer, um, where people were kind of left alone, and they didn't make it or they didn't fare so well. So you have to really open your heart to receive the love and the kindness and the friendship that will come to you when you are allowing it to come to you. You have to allow yourself to be helped you have to allow yourself to be healed and um, you know people go through so many different emotions like we talked about earlier it's really important to have something someone that is is nurturing around you when you're going through something so don't don't think just because all of your friends have deserted you (laughs) that you're all by yourself because you're really not you know, reach out to a nurse, reach out to a stranger and, and realize that they're, they're really not. Um, there are loving, wonderful, caring, good, nurturing people everywhere. You just have to let them in. Yes, absolutely. This is such a great show. Thank you so much for being on it today. I know you've been my guest oh, a couple no, times, no but this is an area that I – wanted to talk about considering we just found out within the last week the diagnosis right. um, for my nephew. And so I felt that this is something that a lot of people go through, whether they've actually experienced cancer themselves or they know a loved one who has. And, and so I felt that this was a, a show that really needed to be 
to be done. So thank you so much for being on it today. You're very welcome. I, I think that wraps the show. And I want to be I whale watching so. with Jody personally. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> Everyone have a wonderful, wonderful Thursday, and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for joining us today. Bye.